I want a good person who can hire great people and have a sense of the common good with all the subtleties that involves foremost in their mind and that everyone buy into that at the head of the, at the, head of the ship. We each have our own gift to give and yours is unique. Welcome to the Calvin Corelli Show. I'm really excited to have you. All right. Hello, everybody. I am Calvin Corelli. I'm here with Ricky. Ricky, I, Ricky, I don't actually have memorized your last name. What is your Tata. last name? Tartar. All right. Ricky and I met just a couple of weeks ago and through a network that we're both a part of, or a group that we're both a part of, and had this conversation about, ended up talking about politics. And Ricky is planning on voting for Biden. I, as you may know, uh, am not going to vote because I don't get to, but if I were allowed to vote, I would vote for Trump. And so we started to have a conversation about that. And I and Ricky very generously volunteered to jump on with me and talk some more about that. And what I'm really curious about is your reasons for voting Biden, because I, you know, to me, it's all about the information that we're fed or like consume. Let's not say fed. That's so that sounds negative. But the information that we consume and, and what we see and if we put our minds and eyes together and ears together, we can see more. So. I'm, I, my goal here is to try to see through your eyes and really understand okay. uh, what you're seeing that I may be missing or what I'm seeing that you may be missing. And then like together we'll end up hopefully uh, enlightened in some way from the conversation, from the experience. Okay. Good. And hopefully well, something that's valuable to, to other people as well as a model. I, um, I, um, I would consider myself very conservatively middle of the road i'm not very political and i don't feel incredibly strongly about individual issues uh, but i do feel very strongly about representative democracy and in representative democracy i can't possibly be the expert on every single issue the moment I ever dive into any issue, I realize there's so many layers that, that, that the amount of time it would take me to really understand all the issues involved in healthcare or involved in trade deals or negotiations. Yeah, at that point, I could then, I would have confidence in making a decision. I don't trust, you know, gut, gut sure. uh, decisions. And so the whole object of representative democracy is I vote for someone who represents me and goes to the trouble of doing all the hard work and and has the hassle of making the decisions. So in that respect, for me, the most important thing is choosing a person that I respect, that I respect for their level of work, their level of intelligence, their level of compromise and ability to get things done, and just in the same way that I invest in their ability to attract and lead great people, because no one person can be an expert at everything. And so right. that for me is the most important thing. And then I right. kind of go, gosh, bad luck. You have to make those tough calls about the virus, about the about you know reactions to events that happen everywhere, about dealing with forest fires. That's not a fun job, but you you got that responsibility yeah. on your shoulders. But I want you to be an excellent person that I would invest in. I want you right. to have 
below you. Phenomenal right. people that really look up to you and go, I want to work for that person because right. you can't do everything. So I think that's a great point. So, so what I hear you say is like, A, their ability to make sound decisions that are, you know, b- better, like basically better than what you would have made, right? If you had the time to dedicate to it, which you don't. Um, so like decision-making skills, but the, like, and, and good judgment in that sense is what I'm hearing you say, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but the other piece I think is very interesting, which is the ability to attract and lead great people. Because I think that is, um, I, the way I see it, that's an area where the current president has definitely struggled. And I think that, that, that it, my take on that is that the, the demonization of him that happened even during the election and especially during his presidency has, you know, um, uh, poisoned the well for him in terms of like, that's made it a lot harder for him to attract good people. Also, the fact that I think that there has been a decades long history of uh, deep corruption in the government, and he's basically fighting that, you know, makes it hard to attract good people, right? Um, and I think that has been, a, that's been a huge challenge for for Trump and this presidency. I don't think, I I don't know how to what extent that that was an, a, an issue for him before he run, ran for president, right? As he was running his his private business, seems like he was able to get shit done and, you know, attract, I don't know the quality of the people that he attracted, but he was able to achieve a lot of things. So I would assume that it's a skill that he has, but the climate around him has made it really hard for him to do it as president. Maybe, but, um, you know, the bench in previous administrations has been much stronger than the bench in this administration. And, and to a degree, it's very hard to say, well, the whole system is, is crappy and corrupt. The reality is it is what it is. And mm-hmm. transferring, you know, if you run GE or you run GM or whatever, you deal with enormous complexity or you run ESSO or, or any. I mean, and you had that. Who was that great guy from ESSO? I mean, I didn't particularly agree with his politics, but I looked at that guy and go, okay, this is a fellow that's, run some serious stuff and dealt with some really subtle and tough decisions. Um, and that body of experience is great. And whether if you bring that skill set to bear in this role, that's great. But that person didn't stay. And a lot of people, I've got, I feel really bad. I can't even remember his name. So many people have come and gone. I, and so I don't think, I think it's just, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, there's a lot that isn't, but I find that isn't perfect. There's a lot that isn't perfect in the constitution. There's a lot that isn't perfect in the, uh, for me, in the system of government. You just have to read history and see how different people have approached it. There's a lot that isn't perfect in human nature that, that when people come together in institutions. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, that you can say, well, because it, the rest, because the environment isn't perfect, he, it's not fair on him. You know, the environment. Yeah, is- I wouldn't say characterize it as the environment is not perfect. I had more like it's it's you know poisonous is the environment. But it is what it is, right? I mean, you can't say it is what it is. And in in a lot of ways, you just have to look at other right. But like, so so other countries, from this- they're all poisonous in in some way. 
I mean, that's, well, I mean, so, but let's look at it just, just to be fair, like, you know, um, following your logic, right. Let's assume, let's play with this play pretend for a minute that, that let's say that uh, the political class is bought, you know, you know, by, you know, bought in the sense that, you know, campaign contributions, and now they kind of owe some favors to, uh, plus they want to keep the money rolling into say big tech, right. Silicon Valley, um, to the CCP, to, um, to, you know, I don't know, big pharma, um, for example, like they're throwing in tons of money and, and basically let's say quote unquote own the majority of Congress people and, and even like high level government workers. Right. And, uh, mainstream media who so go ahead keep talking i'm not sure i've bought into individual government employees but let's keep sure well yeah okay but let's but let's i'm not saying but that's true but let's play with the, the idea that it might be true and then and then you know plus the media the mainstream media cnn msnbc washington post new york times those institutions like hating you know just like deliberately twisting um the story and, and telling a story every time of this like maniac, crazy person that's like uber divisive and, and whatnot, right? So they successfully paint this, this picture and the people that work for him in the administration, a lot of them actually sabotage. They, they don't do what they're asked to do and they, they leak stories all the time and they lie about like making it sound like way more chaotic than it really is. And then you're like, well, look how terrible he he is at attracting quality talent. And everybody knows that if you work for Trump, you're going to be tainted for life with like the Trump monstrosity, right? So because of that depiction of the president, and so you're saying, well, look how bad he is at leading, therefore we can't have him, right? Well, take on a second. I said I believe in representative democracy. I I hmm. I, I want to. I want someone who represents me, because that's what representative democracy is, to be of the value, you know, to be an excellent person, to be better than me, mm-hmm. uh, and to do all the hard work and to make the tough decisions and to have values that I appreciate. And the reason is right. because everybody, I find everybody concentrates on the issues, but the issues change. I mean, the right. virus, no one was voting for the person to, who would best deal with this, with this uh, pandemic, but it mm-hmm. still comes up and the world sure. changes. And, and, and when the world changes, it's not, I don't want the person that's always going to go this way that who's told sure. me exactly how they're going to go. I want the person that I respect the most to make the tough decisions with the, with the tools they got at hand and they just can't do it all themselves. So mm-hmm. yes, there's a lot of misinformation. Yes, there's a lot of, cynicism particularly in america about government i'm i'm maybe less cynical about government uh because i think we i'm not a pure libertarian i think we come together as human beings to create government to to look after and to help each other we do it we cover government not out of a necessity of evil, but because actually our life is a lot better with government. And you just have to go back to the Old Testament that the Israelites were forever, you know, electing judges and choosing kings, not because of any reason other than people need right. government to produce better life. Um, 
And um, so values is what you were saying. It's just the person. You just add it all up. It's absolutely values. Values are at the core of it. And I want so to. What, what are the values that you see that in in Biden that makes you want to vote Biden? Uh, the values that you see in Trump that makes you want to. I'm not. Do you know what this is? I'm not. Hmm. I'm not going to stand up and wave a flag for Biden. It wasn't my <laughs> first choice. Not that I, I, I don't belong to a political party, so I didn't get a vote on the primaries. But I'm not going to wave a flag for Biden. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to not vote for Trump. Right. Uh, that's I think that's I think a lot of people I think that's a massive thing right now. So so yeah, well, I because I, frankly, every contender I saw was was for me had the opportunity of doing better. And he's mm. had four years and I have not seen any excellent people still there from he hired. And, and you can say, yeah, it's all correct. Well, I don't know what you say, but yeah, the proof's sort of in the pudding, right? And the, you kind of look at it and you go, he hasn't, he's not, there isn't a sense of lifting me up, making me feel I can be better than myself and uh, making me a better person. He's not someone that I admire. He's not someone that I think that my 13-year-old daughter uh, is seeing a role model. Uh, and that stuff, four years. I mean, you, you can't turn over your secretaries of state so much and then blame it on the environment. I mean, you've got to deal with what you deal with. And this isn't a New York real estate where you're the boss and you cut the deals and what you say goes and that's it. Thank you very much. And and it's a simple issue where I understand all the moving parts. So therefore I can make decisions tough luck. This isn't, you can't possibly understand every single facet of running a country. So you just need a phenomenal team. And when you have a phenomenal team, you've got to be able to delegate to them. And, and there is, I haven't seen it. I just haven't seen delegation. I haven't seen excellent people hired. I've seen people rotate and I've seen people who rotated come out and say, say wacky things about what's going on with a lack of initiative. And after a while, if it, you know, walks like a duck and sounds like a duck, you got to go, it's a duck. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, what I, what I see is I think basically all of the people who've been in government for a long time are sort of on the take and in and in on the racket in some in some shape or form. Right? I mean, even even so someone did like you feel that you might be hmm? kind of uh, insulting people who are doing jobs for public service. People don't go to government to make money. They go to government for. I mean, the great people go for a sense of public service, just like people don't become priests. For the power, they I just go. don't know how many great people we have in government. To be honest, like there's a lot of people that that you know that end up getting really rich off of it. I mean, Joe Biden has made apparently. I saw something like yeah, sixteen million America. over the past several several years. You know what, like, Calvin? You and I both came to America, right? You don't come to America and you and you don't go and enter politics. There are so many ways to make money in this country, and it's so set up for entrepreneurs and successful people to get well rewarded that entering into a world of politics for the sake of making money, that I just don't buy it. I just don't buy smart really? people do that. I think, you know, I just, 
I just think I, know, I wouldn't say smart way. people like, do that necessarily, but but I think that people do that all the time or or they get in for the right reasons. And then like the kind of the inertia of the place takes over. Um, and I think I mean, that, maybe you're right. all institutions corrupt, all institutions at some point, you know, become self perpetuating, you know, and it needs a shake up in some way, shape or form for all institutions. And that's maybe a systemic problem. I mean, there's a lot of systemic problems with America. And there's a, a part of the issue is that the Constitution is so, uh, and I'm comparing it here with, the, with England, the Constitution here is so set up to protect the status quo, so hard to create change that, um, you know, that, that, that at some point there's a break, you know, at some point you've either got to believe it's it's like a second uh in what way does it make it hard to make change like you can amend it there's a process for amending it right there's there's i mean if i compare it with england i'm just comparing it with you know other countries and uh and different constitutions that have grown up over the years like like look at oh, so in what way what's like make it specific for me how specifically oh, in does england the constitution make it hard uh in england the parliament is sovereign so if there is a majority in parliament, one elected group that says, from now on, all street signs are going to be painted in purple, or it is right. whenever you greet someone, you have to raise your hat, or whatever ridiculous law they decide to make. So is the fact That's that the there's both a, both a House and a Senate, is that what you're No, there's just one. To? Well, there is one parliament, which no, is- No, in the US, in the US. Oh, in the US, you've got this-, this this mix, and I'm not a constitutional scholar, so I, I look at it as, I merely look at it from, a, from the basket view of history. And in my comparison, from having studied history of other different constitutions, all the South American uh, uh, nations that set up their own constitutions, and the whole eight, 19th, 18th and 19th, particularly 19th century, there are all sorts of different experiments. And, and America was looked at as a, as a great example, uh, as was England, I think it's phenomenal. Like, I think it's phenomenal. To me, it's phenomenal. Like, you can, there's a constitution which talks about certain things, and there's a lot of things that it doesn't talk about, but it gives you it's very rights. And, and it, it says, has, here are things that we can't, that you can't take away from people, which I think is a really absolutely. good idea. Which it's the like. idea that we as people, we give our government certain powers, but the rest re remain with us. And states can do, you know, you know, it's not, a, you know, it's a republic, right? So the federal government is not supposed to make all the rules. The states can make their own rules for what they want to do, um, as long as they don't infringe on your on your core, core rights. I think it's you're, a phenomenal system. You're entirely right. And, and I'm at risk at this point of, I said, rather being rather superficial in my constitutional comparisons. So I'm going to be you know, I'm going to give broad brush stuff in the hope that no one's going to yell at me for, for, for you know, mistaking it. But the American Constitution added in the Bill of Rights after the Constitution as a classic Enlightenment view to there are some inalienable rights. And the, and, and, and the American uh, uh, Revolution was sort of dovetailing with the French. And the French, and they both drew from this Enlightenment philosophy 
and they both had this question of, you know, individual rights, uh, the right of the state, the government, and the right of the government, you know, and the right of minorities to be protected, and the whole issue of representative versus direct democracy, and all those issues were were, were boiling around in the in the 18th century. And America came up with this constitution, and it had the peculiarity of being, you know, of this federalist issue of, you know, you've got states and you've got the federalist and that, and that was never fully sorted until the Civil War. And other countries had that same issue. If you look at the, at the revolutions in, um, in Colombia and Venezuela, what was then Gran Colombia and, and, and the north of South America, they struggled with this issue of federalism and centralization and decentralization. And this is stuff that's all work in process and some of them worked well and some of them didn't. Um, and um, and America did work well, but it had that anomaly of the state, you know, because it was struggling with this with this concept of centralized authority versus decentralized authority, and was trying to patch it together. It made the big black horror show compromise of slavery that absolutely was that was that poison in the apple that that eventually came out came out in the civil war and hasn't fully been exorcised really. I think, I think, you know, I, I sort of feel American constitutional experiment doesn't really lance that boil fully. Um, but in England, I was going, going back to the point I was making in England, parliament came to, came to its series of governments from a completely different direction. It had its, it had its revolution in the 17th century and it came to it from a question of the sovereignty of the people versus the executive, the king. And so the sovereignty of the people relies on, you know, on parliament and in parliament, and it's absolute in a way that it's not in the States. So if England wanted to reinstitute slavery, it could do it with a 51-49 majority in parliament. And that's it. There's no legal resource. There's no way you can go to a court to, to defend that. And that's bad because it can create the tyranny of the majority, but it's good because you can make some very rapid changes or you can change with the times in a way that Amer I find America has a tough time changing its constitution and changing with the times. It's so what, the, what is the change with the times that you would like to see America make that it can't make or isn't making? Um, now you're going off onto a Ricky personal. I think healthcare is screwed up in this country. Personally, I think healthcare should get shoved down to the state level, um, but that's just my personal opinion. And it's a glib personal opinion. And like a lot of politics, I'll just go with what the majority thinks because I live in a dem democracy. Uh, but I think the capability of America to make changes in providing health and social security to its Citizens. So, is there anything constitutionally that prevents America from doing that? Like, like you're saying, like each state can do what they want, and Mitt Romney famously did so in Massachusetts, and I like, I think people were saying it was quite successful. I don't think there's anything constitutional about it. To me, it's maybe more, you're right. Maybe I'm talking about maybe I'm talking rubbish, and that's not a constitutional issue. And I'm not I really. It is, and I'm, I'm sort of finding myself on a pedestal here that that I happen to have stepped up on rather than <laughs> climb up on. And I, no. what I'm saying is, it is what it is. And it's really hard. I mean, it's really yeah. hard to 
an amendment, right, to the Constitution. Yeah, no, it is in- intentionally so, right? Uh, absolutely. done, like, how many amendments yeah, are there? Yeah, that's good. Like, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's also... Been successfully done many times. Uh, yeah, when was... I can't remember when the last one was, but pretty long time ago. No, it's a long time ago, but it's still... It was done, right? So how many When was the last amendment have? to the Constitution? Yeah, Constitution dot Congress... Hey, well, I'm not arguing for American constitution to change. I'm not arguing. I just happen to right. say that it does make change very difficult in America, the whole system. It makes yeah. certain, certain yeah, kinds of changes, right? Because like the state level can, again, can do, can do, you know, what they want, right? Um, well, yes. And within, uh, as long as they don't. Legal issues. The state can't. Um, violate the constitution. But that's pretty much the only thing they can't. The states can't institute slavery. No, I mean, that would be violating the Constitution, but they can do whatever they want as long as they don't, they're not violating the Constitution, which is, I mean, it's a fairly short document. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah so, well, let's... Well, yeah, again, as I said, I'm not, I'm not really... Um, you know, I don't... I'm not waving any flag in this issue other than... <laughs> other than uh, we came to this point by saying... Um, it well, was, let me ask you another question, Ricky. So, So... Talking about healthcare, like one of the things that I like to do is, is instead of like, oh, I want this solution or that solution, let's talk about the goals and the values, right? So oh, what, yeah, would, what would be an outcome? What would, yeah, what would the ideal outcome for you be in terms of healthcare in this country? Wow. Um, I'm a fan of what is painted as socialized medicine. I believe that we come together as a people to, as, as a people, we come together to form a government to look after each other. And there are certain things that need to be done at the, better done at the state level than at the, uh, at the state, sorry, small s, not, Okay. Got it. Yeah, at the governmental level than right. at the individual level and um you know just so like let me, the let me to strike union rights uh you know the, the let, me, let me ask you so let me just be more so socialized medicine though is not a goal that that i would say that's a that's a policy right so what what yeah. is that was it what is it that want, you, what is the outcome that you hope that socialized medicine would get I want, thank you yes thank you thank you for pulling me back i don't care how it happens but it's for me it's really important that we all care for each other and mm-hmm. that as i live in a society that I feel that my neighbor, and I'm taking a biblical view of my neighbor, has a backup that will look after them if the proverbial S hits the fan, you know, and that stuff happens. And I look at my godson in Scotland, um, who was uh, in a car accident at the age of 17, and is a paraplegic and it would have ruined his family here whereas the i felt proud of the british health service and the british system of communal care i would say that basically said you know what yeah these things are terrible accidents that happen to a tiny proportion of the population and we're just going to do what we can 
as a society to make to mitigate and make that better because you know god forbid that it happens to right. us and so uh, are we so talking I about like is that. this healthcare or is this like disability well it's both the two are lumped together it's for me it's the lump together it's it's a combination <laughs> of one and the other right it's providing excellent unquestioned right. hospital service and then continued support for the family and then rehabilitation of the home and then uh care for making sure that in as much way as possible he can he and his family can live in a uh in a positive contributory way without dealing with all the paraphernalia of the private uh, uh, of the private uh, uh, in, uh, organizations that have all got their own uh, sure. agendas. So, so I just want to feel that... In, my question is, is like, uh, is the government the best vehicle to make, to, you know, caring for? Maybe not. And I'm not waving. You asked me very, uh, yeah, a very specific yeah. question. I'm not yeah, waving yeah. a a want to say this is how it should happen right i just don't consider myself as i said i'm quite apolitical but right. i want to go to sleep knowing that my neighbor when they when the typhoon batters their home and kills their mom and leaves their kids unable to go mm -hmm. to school is going to take care of them is, is going to be taken care of and right, somehow, that's yeah. why I gladly pay my taxes because it. it is what like about, a public insurance scheme. God so forbid it happens to me, but I want to yeah, yeah. go to bed enjoying my beer and uh, spaghetti in the knowledge that I don't, you know, that someone else is, you know, that, that yeah. that's going to happen. Because um, another thing. Could it be outsourced I mean, to the private? Sure. I mean, could, sure, right. provided that that care is that that care is given that is needs blind. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so a lot of like the, where we're at now is that the government takes a huge chunk of the, you know, the output from everybody. Right. Like, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent in taxes um, at the income level and then sales tax and, you know, all kinds of other taxes and fees and whatnot. Um that adds up to a, a pretty large chunk of um, of the economy, and then that doesn't even cover a lot of healthcare, right? That yeah. is, is currently outside of that. So the numbers here are pretty are are pretty staggering. I feel like there's there's a lot of organizations out there that you know you know um, Christian yeah, organizations, for example, that that help out people in all kinds of ways that that yeah. are struggling, right? And and I feel like that happened more when the tax burden was less. People were better to take care of each other. And then they're, you know, more directly involved with the people that they take care of versus the fa nameless, faceless, you know, Well, system. this is the thousand points of light and, you know, argument of, uh, was it George Bush Sr. or G I can't remember. I think it was I'm, Sr. I'm, not that. Um, I'm yeah, I mean, I don't see one rather than the other. And just going off on an right. interesting tangent, there was a year because of the tax code or something when I had to pay to run two tax 
and it, it, it was it was a really interesting moment when I had to pay tax in the UK and I had to pay tax in the US on exactly the same income. I had to fill in all the tax. You know, it was like double pain in the neck. And right? I had to do both. And I ended up, and it was absolutely eye-opening for me because I'd always assumed I paid less tax in the US. And I, and I discovered that actually I was paying the same tax in the US and the UK. Now, they have a tax treaty, so I didn't end up doubling the tax, but I had to fill in my tax returns on each case. And in the US, I wasn't getting health care. It's like, mm-hmm. so I paid exactly the same here and exactly the same there. And over here, that covers a nationalized health service, and here it doesn't. So well, one of the reasons is that uh, that U.S. taxpayers are subsidizing European security, right? Like you know, Europe. Europe oh yeah, has- yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me off on that because I, I again, I don't have. We live in a democracy. If that's how people want to spend their money, if they want to spend it on sure. armed forces, they want to spend it on something else. I might not agree with every single line item, and this comes back to the very original point. How I would choose to allocate the tax dollars is going to be very different to how you choose to allocate it. It's going to be very different to how someone else chooses it. And these are tough decisions. And there's lots of lobbying at work, which is the libertarian view of let's everyone compete with their money for their voices. And let's have the, you know, A, compete this way and B, compete that way. And whatever happens, happens. Um, uh, And I'm not making an argument for one versus the other but that does lead me back to the fact that i want a good person who can hire great people and have a sense of the common good with all the subtleties that involves foremost in their mind and that everyone buy into that at the head of the at the head of the ship and 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 they're going to make decisions i won't agree with and they're going to make some i will agree with and but at least I'm going to go, damn it, that person spent the time, knew the issues or hired great people who knew the issues and, and, and made the tough decisions. Right. Um, so let me, so we have only just a few minutes left. Let me wrap up by asking you this. Was there a particular moment when you decided that you were going to be against Trump? Yeah, I think it was his when he first came up with the concept of um, of not revealing his tax. In other words, mm. this is tra- isn't transparency. So I, I, I was not for him. I, I was I was very skeptical about him, but I, I was ready to give him a chance. I mean, I wasn't ready to chance. I didn't have much choice, right? Um, but when he played his whole income t- with that lack of transparency um, was for me a big, you know, a big flash in the pan, a big or whatever the word is, you know, red Good light uh, yeah. before the first, you know, before that first election. Um, you know, you want someone straight up. You want someone for whom truth and transparency is second nature. Have we seen uh, Biden's what? tax returns? No. I haven't seen his tax returns and I don't listen to any of this stuff. As I said, I'm not not an A versus B. I'm not an A and I'm not even going to analyze the tax returns. I mean, present your tax returns, say this is what it is. And I'll kind of go, well, yeah, you're a real estate developer. You've probably got all sorts of shenanigans or whatever. Um, But, but it's the lack of transparency, number one. And then number two, 
I think it's the bullying. Mm-hmm. And I, in fact, I don't think it's the bullying. It's totally the bullying is what cemented it for me. That's not a way to lead. That's a way to, to browbeat. And, and then you just watched the people that, that were, you know, they started pretty good and they got steadily less good come in mm-hmm. to be yes men. Uh, mm-hmm. And you kind of go, I would not invest. I mean, here we are, Calvin. We're both members of a, you know, an entrepreneurial uh, networking group. Uh, we've both invested money. We've both invested money in other people's businesses. I've taken on VC money. And yeah, I, I just wouldn't invest in Trump as a CEO of a company. I mean, it just, mm. I just, I wouldn't invest in him. He's, he might. It's interesting because like, for, yeah, for me, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Because like, I, I mean, I would invest in him. Like just the fact alone that this guy through sheer will of his own imagination and willpower willed himself precedent against everybody. Everybody yeah. was against it, right? Everybody, like all yeah. media companies, all politicians, yeah. Yeah. he managed to fucking do it, right? That's yeah. a, a plus for getting shit done. Um, also, like, you know, things like Middle East peace, like he's completely changed it's the game a plus for getting one. shit done. It's a plus for getting that job done. He did no, no, that but, job but, I mean, but but then he, but what that, I've seen him is use that approach. He's used that approach in all kinds of other things, like North Korea, uh, Middle East peace, um, uh, other other thing, other situations. Okay, I mean, I'm hearing what you're saying, and that's a good point about get you know about him getting himself to that position. But it doesn't really counteract my point, which is this is highly complex. Whereas getting yourself elected is a very targeted, narrow issue right whereas running a government is really not a targeted narrow issue it's uh all of a sudden you've now got to deal with a whole bunch more complexity and and need to delegate and and uh and to attract great people and to give them the 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 rope to run with it uh, otherwise you're just not going to get stuff done and in four years i i calvin I, I he had two years when he controlled everything I mean, that was, you know, he, he only had the, both, both uh, houses. Uh, and, he, and I don't see anything done compared to what he bragged about before he started. Um, so, but I'm not going to, you know, as I said, it's just the wonderful thing about democracy, as they often say, is the best thing is the ability to kick the bastards out. And you know what? He had his chance, didn't, didn't rise to it, in my view. And yeah. there you go. All right, man. Where can people um, find out more about you? You make games for. I make for games. games yeah, I got nothing to do with politics. I feel totally no, I un. I feel totally <laughs> un, um, you know, unqualified for all my for all my comments. Um, <laughs> I make a meet max games. I make games for large groups, and the games. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the flip side. I actually think games are fantastic because they get people together to talk. Now you've got me to talk, and we're clearly. You know, we clearly in different come from different views, but that doesn't stop me respecting you and liking you for what you're doing and your passion in your world. And the great thing about games is it gives the people a chance to interact and compete and um, and to and to have fun in a very structured environment where the rest of the world is left behind. And for me, games are about people. It's not about playing on the phone or a video or all that stuff. It's about 
The decision I make affects the decision you make and, and this whole social dynamic of a game. And nowadays that's so much more valuable. Um, and so that's what we do. We make games for between 10 to 1,000 people to play. It gets people talking. It gets people competing. It's fun. You lose. You win. You have little triumphs. And it's over in 45 minutes. Um, there you go. All right, man. That yeah, well, good luck. Again, Ricky, uh, for doing send this. me a link to whatever your your stuff is. Uh, you bet. Um, yeah, I like what you're doing. I mean, I like the fact that the talk is is not doesn't devolve to punch bags. <laughs> right. Keeping it, you know, and that you're keeping it at the somewhat at the unpersonalized level. That it's too much, you know. Football team. I support this football team, and oh, they're sure. they do no wrong, and the other football teams. But yeah. life is much more complex than that. It is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. Time's Appreciate up. You, Thanks man. a million. All the best. Stay in contact. Bye. You, you bet. Likewise. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast episode. After 20 years as a serial entrepreneur, it's my passion to bring you ideas and insights from some of the best entrepreneurs, leaders, and thinkers in the world straight to your phone. We're going to be launching many, many more podcast episodes in the future, so please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you found any value at all from today's conversation. Your reviews and feedback mean the world to me.